0: Carrie Akri is an American singer-songwriter best known for her work with Seattle underground bands Hammerbox and Goodness. She's also the host of the podcast Between You and I. We have a great conversation about how she got into being a rock star in the midst of the Seattle grunge movement, as well as discussing her creative process and the evolutions in her life that followed. That is a new feature, and it is so loud compared to...
1: (laughs) And it's like that generic, like, who is that woman?
0: That is the new sponsor for the podcast.
1: (gasps) Sweet.
0: Her name is Zoom.
1: Her name is Zoom, and we love her.
0: Thank you for the consent. (laughs) (laughs) Sure thing. (laughs) So, So you're here. Because mm-hmm. I believe you were talking to Susan Ruth on mm-hmm. her podcast. And yeah. I got a text message from Susan Ruth. It was like, you know, you should talk to Carrie Ockry. And <laughs> as it happened, the day she texted me, I had already started listening to the podcast episode with the two of you talking. Oh, see? do 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 And I was already aware of you because, you know, I grew up, spent a lot of time in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm being a child of a certain age. Yeah. And
1: um hence your shirt if anybody
0: Yeah. Wants to again, know. I'm, wearing, I'm wearing the Hattie's hat shirt. So uh-huh. Susan and Ruth is listening. Hi Susan. And yes, we all love Hatties. You know, I used to when I was a teen, you know, my dad would drag me to Hattie's and and then sitting on the bar stool would be <gasps> like would be like uh Jesse Sykes and Phil Wanger. Yeah. And they'd be sitting there like plotting their takeover of the world and doing whatever they do and nico case would be cooking burgers you know
1: seriously yeah hattie's hat was a real mainstay it's a real like watering hole and it's they've they've been creative there too off and on you know like they had like guest bartenders so like fia and i when i wasn't doing goodness we went and guest bartended there and mm-hmm. when they had shows in the back room we've done that like i feel like that's a place one of the places in seattle like i've kind of lived in you yeah. know yeah for a certain time
2: yeah
0: and, and, <laughs> the, and you know and sweet potato fries and meatloaf you know just
1: i want that right now <laughs> <laughs> Damn it.
0: Ballard's <laughs> a lot harder to get in and out of these days.
1: Oh, isn't it weird? Isn't Seattle altogether just feels weird if you've lived there yeah. prior to the tech boom.
0: Yeah, it's like I remember what they used to be, but it's mm-hmm.
1: not. But it's not.
0: And I guess that's a metaphor for life, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah you know whether you like it or not right like things change isn't it funny you remember being young and Mm. not probably ever feeling like i'll be of the age where i don't know i'm looking backwards or thinking about this stuff but then when you get there you're like oh i'm that i'm doing that now oh crud
0: yeah well you know it's funny because back then i felt such pressure on all the decisions i was making oh really you know like this were permanent decisions and you know (gasps) things and got to figure out what you're doing and all those things
1: and what you're doing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The doing uh, is so important.
0: I love the air quotes and it's, you know,
1: quote you know, unquote doing so load up,
0: <laughs> load up that plate with the, the meatloaf and sweet potato fries <laughs> and, and a pile of doing. Uh-huh. It's
1: all going go to down go down much easier with the meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So, Carrie Ockrey, welcome to the Fearless Story podcast. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me here.
0: Yeah, and so for people who may not be familiar with you, what would you like to share about yourself?
1: Well, I am a musician who grew up being in bands, the bands Hammerbox and Goodness, during the official grunge era. The official. Um, The official. Capital O. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to be part of that epic Time period in seattle Mm -hmm. and i've also done you know like a side band the rockfords with folks from my second band goodness and mike mccready from pearl jam it Mm -hmm. all the guys in the band actually have known each other since they were kids Mm -hmm. um and done solo music and you know just a huge part of my life is music and you know history of just getting to be a part of music and the music industry and living a life um like that that's what i did for a living um and then at some point just moved into just as you know things go up and down the music industry is not an easy place whether you succeed or not Mm. and so um i've had evolutions in my life that were natural for anybody but like going from creativity to Mm. corporate jobs this is and this is having spent from 23 to like 37 very independent and creative Mm -hmm. going into corporate for a sense of structure, I think was really behind my want of that Mm. because there is no guarantee or structure when you're doing art. Um, but then learning all the lessons of the corporate world, right. And as life went along now, kind of, and through major life milestones now coming around to a return to myself, Mm. uh, and still doing music, but also doing, um, intuitive life coaching, Mm. because at some point, I, uh, as you do, I think naturally, like midlife is real, and I always say it's not buying a red Corvette. It's a mm. it's a moment in time that comes naturally, where you stop and question either yeah. how is it going, what's working, what's not working. Yeah. And so I kind of ask myself that, like, what what else do I feel called to do that feels natural and authentic to myself? And the mm. coaching is probably something I've done my whole life naturally, mm-hmm. but I put a name to it and now do that work
0: yeah yeah you know isn't it interesting like when we talk about like commercial music or you know Mm -hmm. that in that period of time like there's that vitality and energy and youthfulness that you know is so important and and that tends to be what we consume right yeah what gets pushed and but it's it's interesting to note that like you know the idea of returning to yourself and truth and authenticity are more like mm-hmm. more like typically middle-age concepts. And like, so what does that mean for art? Like, wh- how does that change who you are or your identity as an artist and your vitality? Like, what does it mean? What's the difference between being hammerbox karaoke mm-hmm. and being 2021 karaoke? <laughs>
1: Well, life is long, you know. Karaoke in twenty has been twenty twenty one has been through a lot more things. Mm. You know, time and all the things that happen within that time, you know, get logged in you and it changes you, especially if they're big things like mm. you know, death of someone close to you or um getting married, having kids or not, you know. Um it just automatic life in the timeline automatically carves you out or changes you or adds to your experience and therefore changes you. Mm -hmm. I think it's a natural progression for everyone. My progression just has been in my twenties to thirties, I did music. And so that's a certain experience like, Mm. and there's a lot in there and then my choice to go look for structure in work. So that's added a bunch of experience different from say 23 Carrie then getting married, having a child, you know, my mother passed away in 2013. I mean, these are, this is just my road. And these are the things that have happened Mm -hmm. to me on the road. And I've had choices to make about how to heal and what I do, uh, how to be active or not active in my healing. You know, those, Mm -hmm. those are choices. I mean, I could have sat down, Mm -hmm. um, but I made very conscious choices being aware of like, what's not working, what's working. how can I heal? Like, looking for healing. And I've always been someone who actively questions Mm -hmm. and that has continued the whole time. The landscape may look different, but that's never changed. Right. And so it's pretty natural to go from doing art and then stepping into say a corporate world, Mm -hmm. which isn't yours. And you can often conform in there and break and bend and yeah you know abandon yourself so it's pretty natural at some point to say where did i, I where did i go and who, who am i can i remember and sometimes you kind of kind of remember mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you've just lost track yeah because you have spent time doing a certain dance or acting a certain way you have to kind of remember and so i feel at this point having actively asked myself that and remembered i'm a deeper person right mm-hmm. i've had that conversation with myself. Mm. Um, whereas in my 20s, you don't, right? In your 20s, you're just like, I'm, uh, you know, I'm throwing myself at whatever I'm doing, things are mm. happening. I'm not thinking a lot.
2: Mm.
1: I mean, I'm thinking as much as I have to in the moment, but 2021, I mean, I, I've i had to solve. So I've chosen yeah. to think, and that's a choice. That's a choice with reasons behind it, right? Mm. Like, so that's very present, very active digging and all of that stuff. So, I come into myself now very conscious, Mm. um, uh, very conscious and with intense, a lot more wisdom, like very concrete earned wisdom. Mm.
0: When you, when, when Hammerbox was happening or you were coming into that, like, do you remember like what needs or desires were driving you? And if you were writing songs, then like, What questions you were exploring? Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, at the time in the 20s, I think I was just. And I kind of love this about the 20s, too. It was like, I don't know what's next. Let's try that. Like, it was Mm -hmm. very I always say ignorance was bliss. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what I don't know. Um, And I could lightly because I wasn't responsible for a lot of things other than myself say, oh, maybe I'll try being in a band. I can sing like it's just that light. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I'm in a band oh, we're writing music. Oh, well, what's that like? So it really is moment to moment like, oh, okay, what's that? Do it. What's that? Do it. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, but Hammerbox took off quick enough where you're going and going and going quickly. And and at that age, I just didn't have the knowledge or wisdom to say, hey, every once in a while, you should stop and ask yourself how you're doing. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. and the things I'm writing in the 20s really reflect that age's questioning, angst, reaction. I mean, there's a lot of things I didn't have then. Like I wasn't a great communicator when there was conflict, Mm -hmm. right? To person to person. Like I didn't have that maturity.
0: Yeah. Which would come up a lot in the band or gigging and yeah. It came
1: out in lyrics. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Not to their face, but it came out in lyrics because that's the best
0: so that was a safe place to do it. Yeah. Which is interesting because then you're singing it, right? Delivering it to an audience.
1: But funny enough, as out there as you are in a band, Hmm. you also are in a cocoon. Like The levels of how closely people are listening varies. And it's loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've ever been so it was loud. Yeah. And so, if you could hear me at all, you were lucky.
0: <laughs> no, you weren't handing out lyric sheets. <laughs>
1: no, I was not. Although, I'll tell you a funny story. So, when you're writing, you're practicing, it's also loud, right? You're recording. Yeah. So, it wasn't really until we're playing songs back in order to like mix or things like that that the, the guys in the band could hear what I was saying. Uh-huh. And I remember a moment where we were listening to, um, how, maybe it was tragic static or head or something, one of these songs. And I remember all three of them literally turning to me and going, what are you saying? <laughs> and it was like the first time they'd ever like, and the song's all about, you never listen to me. You can't even hear me. That's like
0: ironic. Yeah.
1: Not That's funny. Great. And they turned around. They're like, is there something you'd like to say to us? And I was like, mm, not ready.
0: How many band ba- How many band breakups do you think happen during that phase? Oh, during God. mix down the first time you make an album.
1: I, there's so many chances for a band to break up in any of its life span mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's yeah. collaboration in your 20s can be hard for many reasons i mean communication of one yeah. like just that alone yeah isn't and necessarily the best
0: and then you've all got your own maybe visions or just preconceptions mm-hmm. about your life at that mm-hmm. point
1: yeah. You know, and I realized it dawned on me at some point, I was like, oh, every band I've been in has been a band of strangers. Like mm. none of us knew each other. So yeah. you are getting to know each other in it. Yeah, And that's not easy. You know, no. when the, oh, the wagons, you know, the plane's taken off. Now you're finding out that things about each other that maybe you realize realized you don't like, but like the plane is going. So yeah. what do you do? And, and that, I think can be classically where a band either survives or falls apart. Yeah. Cause you're, you're like, kinda, Oh, I,
0: hmm. <laughs> you're kind of taking who you can get right at that point.
2: Like,
1: Well, I'm all about synchronicity too. So yeah. like I look at things, I go, Oh, that played out like that. Mm. You know, like when I, uh, when I decided to be in a band, I answered one ad mm. and it was the one James and Dave had put together. James was our bass player. Dave is a drummer. Um, the ad they had put in the back of the rocket, the periodical that was yeah, in Seattle, oh, the rocket. So good. Mm. Um, and that was it. Like, yeah. think about that. Like I didn't try out for a lot of bands. I tried out for one. Mm. And then, you know, you're just, and both Dave and James weren't from Seattle. Dave's from mm. Kentucky. James was from Tennessee. Mm. I'm from Eastern Washington state. And then when we were looking for a guitar player again, synchronicities, you know, you're just looking like, Hey, but you know anybody? Oh yeah. This guy. Yeah. My neighbor was like, hey, you should meet my friend Harris, who was from uh, Eugene, Oregon. And we didn't get in the way of the flow of that. Like, oh, we like him. He's great. Yes, we're in. Like, yeah. so not a lot of overthinking.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, I don't know. Did you watch the Pearl Jam documentary that came out a few years ago? I think
1: I did. Yeah.
0: I remember being just because it was a point where you know I'd done my own work and been through the process of doing my own work and mm-hmm. I also went into life coaching and uh-huh. and learning teaching yoga and Ooh. you know and and that just idea of authenticity and conscious decision making right and yeah i remember being so in a way pissed off <laughs> cuz they're all 19 20 years old and so clear about what they're doing and dedicated and yeah. conscious. And I'm like, I, and every time I see that in somebody so young, I'm like, how did you get that? So, I feel like such a late bloomer. Oh, like, my gosh. You know, like, how
1: did you just I totally get that. that. Yeah. I felt like that when I watched, like, any Lady Gaga, like, mm. documentary. She's like 23. Yeah. When yeah. she was, now what everybody goes through on a day-to-day basis is everything we don't know right like Hmm. because those guys sure at that age and that time were like yeah i want to be in a band but i that's it right and Hmm. and that group of people are hardcore seattle people right Mm -hmm. like they've been in bands all kinds of bands together and there's you know again the I'm sure, I know someone's created a map of, like, who knows who, and, like...
0: There was one of those things, like, the website, right? like, 10, 15 years ago. Totally. Seattle history.
1: Thing yes. Like yeah. And they're all in their 20s. They've all known each other. This is yeah. just what they're doing. I think Eddie Vedder probably had more of a um, calculated... Uh, and I don't mean calculated bad. Um, had a more um, structured... Uh, he just seemed organized, like, no, I want to mm. do this. The Songs are like that. I want to... Mm. I want to speak this. Um, He was very clear and he was outside of Seattle, which I sometimes think is a good thing. Yeah. Like just having Seattle people who've been together and it's slightly incestuous and all that Mm. could, um, I I think would have had a higher chance of imploding.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, there's not, there were never really a lot of resources in Seattle, like around. (gasps) Yeah. Like that. Everything's kind of like, almost like, going back to oral storytelling tradition, right? Like right. word of mouth, like, how do you know what oh to my do? God. Do you just kind of figure it out or you knew somebody who did it, right?
1: Like, well, it's pre-internet. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Um, I also think too with bands, it, there's always like, every go, oh, band, you guys all do it together. And I'm like, there's never a true democracy in a band. Hmm. There's never like, oh, I mean, maybe there's bands out there that do it, but most of the time, there's a leader or two mm-hmm. who are, you know,
0: sometimes
1: really. that works. Yeah. Sometimes that works. Sometimes <laughs> that doesn't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Drummers have a lot of power.
1: Oh, they think they do.
0: <laughs> well, it's like one drummer for every 12 bands or something. It's such a calculus.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I always like the drummer is like the, um, Starship Enterprise to me. Like they are driving mm-hmm. musically, they're driving everything. Like I, Connect to a drummer in terms of writing songs as well, like yeah. rhythm. Just, um, I've always looked at it that way. But the joke is always sort of like the dr- <laughs> the drummer, like yeah, like saying how it's going to be, and like the guitar players are going, yeah, sure.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. getting yeah, guitar
0: feel, tips from the drummer. Yeah,
1: feel free to do this as an instrumental. And let me know how that goes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I want to talk to you more about like like that process of writing and like what what comes up for you with with the songwriting process? Like early on, maybe you were just doing it. And were you writing like in the room as the band was jamming mm-hmm. or you brought lyrics or like how did that work? Yeah,
1: I will say prior to being in a band, I never wrote songs. Mm-hmm. I had never done that. And yes, I started when Hammerbox started, what I started with was listening to the music the um, guys were creating. Mm-hmm feeling what that elicited from me. And then like almost channeling words, you know, mm-hmm. not that I would have ever called it that at the time, Yeah. but I just was like, what is, what ideas is this eliciting in me? And, oh, they happen to be coalescing into lyrics. Like, thank goodness. Right. Like being, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I was aware of all that. Cause you're sort of like, I'm going to need lyrics. Yeah. So I'm going to need, so, um,
0: did you have and- like a note? Pad next to oh you as many I have boxes yeah. of
1: like yeah yeah
0: because yeah. we didn't have we didn't have the Zoom handy recorders there to record no, practice and go back no. and say what was I saying
1: you'd I, need a task cam like four track or something great yeah, right maybe a dictaphone maybe a dictaphone of some sort but yeah. um no I mean I and you I mean with Hammerbox too what I think is nice is we I mean we instantly wanted to be good whatever mm. that would mean for us between us. And so as I'm writing, I'm trying to balance between what is naturally coming out of me, because I, I can only write. I'm trying to find out how I write, you know, mm-hmm. like what are my ideas, but how do I write? So it's learning on on the fly and in progress. I'm glad I never got in the way mm-hmm. of that. I never I've never been overcritical. Like mm. I know friends who overthink things to death and maybe quash some of the energy out of it Mm -hmm. or never finish things. And Mm -hmm. I've just never been someone who wants to do that. Um, so, but initially, yeah, I would listen to the band's music and then see what came out of me and, and, you know, learning progresses as you work with different people. And so goodness, I very specifically wanted to write more in that band. Um, and so, And, and, and also learn how to sing differently. Like I'm primarily a singer, I mean a Mm -hmm. singer songwriter, but in terms of instrument. um, And so I was looking for different kinds of songs that would let me sing in different ways Mm -hmm. or give me more space to sing
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um, and learn more how to write songs. And so at that point, like Danny Newcomb and I were the main Mm -hmm. writers of goodness for the most part. I mean, other people contributed, Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, you know, like Garth or Fia, um, we have Fia songs on records and things like that. But I'd say Danny and I, as a partnership, right? Because you got to focus somewhere. And mm-hmm. Danny and I really clicked. Like, my sensibility and his, like, like meshed well. Yeah.
0: What were each of you contributing, like, to that partnership?
1: Well, Danny's really great at, like, song structure, right? And mm-hmm. he comes with a, a a like of certain things. Um a style. I mean, he grew up writing with Shadow, again, like Chris and Rick Freel and Mike McCready. So he'd already been writing in one way or another since he was, like, 11, mm-hmm. you know? So he brought all that experience with him and a sensibility and kinds of bands he liked um, and a true appreciation of songwriting mm-hmm. structure, things like that. And I am very... Um, Uh, Like a new wave baby so I like Very melodic very moody Um, Mm. My stuff I know is going to be personal That's why I'm doing art at all Like um, and I I love Europe You know like I would rather be in the new wave Susie the Banshee's you know like So I like things that sound a certain way Um, But we both Were open to like Experimentation For whatever that would mean for this group Right we Mm. you don't know You're like I don't Again, goodness was like a group of strangers, hmm. except for the first um, iteration of goodness had my brother Eric in it um, as a drummer. And so when you don't know each other, you just are wide open. Like, I don't know you. You don't know what I do. Let's see what happens.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but I like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. So how how does playing out and recording and having your music listened to by other people change or impact your writing process or your self-awareness. Right? Like you start getting feedback, right? In mm-hmm. some way.
1: Well, you know, I've never I've never been swayed by feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, that's never that's just never something that would change how I do something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I've always felt like that's kind of like wrong. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. would be a mistake on my part, mm-hmm. not because I'm so um, defensive or egotistical. That's sort of like, mm-hmm. I don't care, you know, whatever. I'm like, well, I can only be me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. I could write a different style uh, you know, like there's genres of things. I could write country music, I guess mm-hmm. I can do genres, but what I'm looking to be from the get-go is find out who I am as an artist. Um, and that's the bottom line barometer or whatever so someone could say they like something or don't like it and that's perfectly fine mm-hmm. that's going to happen but but in terms of that changing how i do things like that's never going to happen it just yeah. wouldn't that wouldn't be a good move on my part right i, I would yeah. become untethered yeah as an well, artist like you know looking to please or
0: yeah well it, I'm thinking about like you probably start off it's just the joy of discovery when you're mm-hmm. when you're first doing it and then but then you're may reach a point where it's like well we are creating products and i have awareness mm-hmm. that what i create is going to have people reacting mm-hmm. to it
2: right
1: you're right there is when you first yeah. start your kids you're like we're just making music you know yeah. like you have no idea and you're all young and everyone especially in the at the time in seattle like all your friends were in bands, you know. Yeah. You—that's I guess you know you were doing. Like we're in bands, we play shows, we hang out. There's something mm. not so critical about that. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of like wanting to be good, and but that's you know like that's about it. It is 100% freedom and self-discovery. Mm. When you get signed to a major label, that's a niche of expectation. Um, mm. I think that's the first time we ever Hammerbox and Goodness were both signed to major labels. That's the first time. And we knew it was kind of coming, but we've never navigated that terrain mm-hmm. Um, because it's a business. They want a single. They want to sell records. Yeah. Um, that's different because you can. You're now specifically supposed to write a single. Mm-hmm. They start off because they sign you for what you are yeah. at the time, Yeah, but it doesn't matter what you are. You you still have to produce a single. Yeah. So that may lead to like, well, we love what you do, but it's nothing you're doing is getting us a single. We took a gamble. They take a gamble.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so now we're going to ask other writers to come in and write with you, mm-hmm. or we're going to, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lots of things that are get tossed in like the, go the, write. Fa-
0: the factory.
1: Oh or, yeah. The factory, this ass. producer might make you sound different. Like yeah. both I don't think Hammerbox, but goodness definitely got put through the mill of writing with people. Hmm. And that's just so dangerous with a band, an organic band. Like
0: like for you personally, and then like, like, did you learn things out of that?
1: Like, I learned I didn't like it. (laughs) Well, because what, what is the, what is it? If you're going to just go, I I would say if you need a pop song that's a hit, just Mm -hmm. go get me a hit maker, have him write me a song. That's a structure, Mm -hmm. right? But if you're asking me as an organic artist to now, like, take what you bought me Mm -hmm. with all my personal stuff, because what I do is personal, Mm -hmm. that's what you got. That's what you bought, a personal artist. Now you want me to write a hit. you're not in control of that you don't know parameters on like, did I write a good thing? Is that a hit? Mm -hmm. Is it going to succeed? Like you just don't know any of these things and it's hard to work in that. And when you go work with other people, it's like, well, what makes them better at doing this? Why am I than me? Um, That's why I'm sort of like, if you want a hit, and you want me to work with someone Mm -hmm. seriously, hire me someone who's got 50 hits because apparently they know what to do. (laughs) But often you get, like, people are gambling with you and going, well, I don't know. This guy seems popular. Let's have him right with you. And I'm like, why? And you're slowly eroding the band. That's what. It's so um, disheartening. And um, you lose focus. You question, what was I in the, I don't even know what I am now. Mm -hmm. Apparently my stuff's not good enough. So you've got that hanging in you. But I don't think that guy's great either. So where are we? I don't even know where we are anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess if you think about it that way, like it's the difference between being a solo artist, right, and in your this collective, and it's hard enough to be it's essentially dating, right? Co-writing when you mm-hmm. go through that gauntlet yeah. and you just mm. speed dating all the time. Yes. But you're essentially adding a band band member, right?
1: Yeah. Not to, one that you to, necessarily asked for.
0: <laughs> right. One that you didn't ask for, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: not seems necessarily like immediate love i
0: suppose it seems like there's yes there's there's a consent issue and there's all the other things that come up at that point
1: yeah they can look like an intruder but yeah. we have to have you like forced on you yeah it's not, yeah. you know that poor person i kind of feel bad yeah, for that, that person in general for
0: anybody no yeah. yeah
1: sorry guys they want me to write with you <laughs> so yeah that's what a terrible place to be doing art like yeah. uh or even writing a hit single yeah like cause music is so I mean it's magical. Like yeah. so you just a random person's gonna come with me and make that very particular magic. Like I don't yeah. know you. Like what? Yeah. And, and you, it's forced on you.
0: And you might, but yeah, so the force is the yeah. That's it's why a, it's such a different why, mindset anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
1: that's why I'm saying that's why I if I could go back in time, I would be like, if you want to hit, hmm. let's pick the person who's made a hundred hits. Let's just go get the team, whatever they're called. Yeah. Go like if I'm going to play that game, I would like to play that well.
0: Yes. Yes. If you're going to give up your <laughs> sure. art, you give up your personal yeah. art. Like, I'd like
1: to win if you're going to make me in do re- this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not just be slowly eroded, you know, like
0: it's yeah. awful.
1: It's really terrible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so you evolved from that mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. went through your, you know, your label process and, and I know you talked to <laughs> Susan Ruth about that a lot mm-hmm. as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so how do you evolve from there as as an artist as a storyteller or you know how are you thinking about your craft as you go from there?
1: Well, I think you have a natural moment where you have to ask yourself, do I still want to do this? Mm-hmm. And why? And if you can get your yes, questions. I do. Yeah. And I know my why That's mm-hmm. all you need, mm. you know? So, so you found,
0: you found that in that process.
1: It took me a really long time and a definite moment where it had to happen mm. where I had to say, do you even want to do this anymore? And it's okay if you don't
2: mm-hmm.
1: like, that's okay. Um, but if you do, you are going to need to know why,
2: Yeah.
1: because at that point I would say, post the ups and downs of labels and being dropped and having certain experiences and, you know, not selling a ton of records and, you know, getting into your late thirties, other things in life are happening. Like, do you want to have kids, especially for a woman, you know, like, do you want to have kids? Do you
2: mm-hmm.
1: want a family? Like other choices are starting to get on the plate. Yeah. Um, if, if you want those choices. Right. And so, My my 20s living freely, just doing music were ending Hmm. just by life's progression. Um, So I had to kind of, uh, you know, it just came naturally to be like, okay, well, if it's not going to be that because it looks like it's not going to be that. Hmm. And I know more reasons why I'm choosing why that won't be. I won't mm-hmm. be tr- striving to have a music career. Then, then why do you, is there a reason you want to keep doing music at all? And so I just had a natural moment where I, I had to have that conversation.
0: Do you remember where you were when you had that moment?
1: Um, I mean, I was, I feel like it was a slow buildup to really going, oh, clearly I know what I need to ask myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say there was a good decade where I was like, flopping around and like i'm doing music because i should because i have
2: yeah
1: you know or because i can so i should i mean you know floating around the shoulds yeah is not yeah. solid ground right it can mm. be painful you're like oh i should but i feel terrible or i'm depressed or i'm needing to heal from the 15 years of being in the you know industry mm. like so it's not so clear cut and you're having you're processing other things So there was a long period where I was just doing that. Like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, having that moment of time going, oh my God, I'm leaving this moment of my life. So who am I now and where am I going? And, you know, and then other life things happening. It was, it's quite a stressful transition. I would say it's a transition. It is a
0: transition, yeah. Good time to have a coach.
1: Right, exactly. Thank you. Um, So at some point, I think with enough time that had gone by, you know you just finally hit your wall of all walls, right? Yeah. Where especially when you have much less time, like with a child being married, a corporate job,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you have so little time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Whereas in your 20s, you have it all really the time. In the world. Well, yeah. unless
0: you're unless you were me, I jumped into doing all those things out of the gate,
1: right? And right? Well, maybe you know you probably knew how to do it better,
0: no? I but the. But I knew I didn't have much time. And I think I get frustrated with people who are wasting the time. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Because you know. You know better. You have a better appreciation. And it takes time, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Writing music takes a lot of private time, Mm -hmm. quiet time, Mm -hmm. band time. Like, a lot.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Families, in a way, are definitely, you know, (laughs) you have to learn boundaries.
1: (laughs) Totally. I mean, think about how many hours you'd spend... Like, I had practice almost every night of the week, and that's yeah. three hours, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and a job probably, right? Mm-hmm. Then it's all the alone time I need to, like, pr- I prefer to write. Yeah. And then maybe you're touring. Like, that's months on end, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. So, yeah, you're right. Like, when you have now the other things and responsibilities on the plate, um, there's less time to do it. So, it was just, like, this herky-jerky, like, wake-up for me of, like, you can you yeah. see this isn't working it can't be the same yeah so I just I can't remember where I was I'm sure it's over time like I just came to the moment where I was like look okay there's really just one question here because hmm. we need to make a decision mm-hmm. it's kind of it, it's not kind of it's painful to be hanging in the middle never really making your decision concrete. Like that's slowly very painful. So I just said, what do you want to do? Either do this or don't do it. Mm. Be done. That's fine. Like I gave myself permission, but I realized, um, what I do like when I do do music and I do music when I feel like it, Mm. that's another thing I came to the conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. I will do this when I feel like it at my pace, the way I prefer. That's huge coming to that. Yeah. decision or um, commitment to myself. Yeah.
0: A lot of people tell you that's a lack of commitment to only do yeah. it when you feel like it, right? That's that yeah. should, one of those big shoulds.
1: Yeah. It's, it's huge to get to know yourself and honor yourself mm-hmm. and your way. Yeah. I had friends who write every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And instead of beating the crap out of myself, which I have done mm-hmm. for decades going, Ugh, you're so lazy. I had one friend who was just kidding one time say, you're the most talented, lazy person I know. And it was Mm. painful. He was just kidding. He -hmm. didn't know how bad that hurt Mm -hmm. because I like to beat the shit out of myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so when he said that, he didn't know that was playing into insecurities where I was like, Mm. see, loser, you barely do any work at all. Yeah. I mean, that was how I was talking to myself. Um, And I finally was like, well that's terrible. <laughs> that's just, you know, that that's awful. Make a decision. Yeah. So I decided to just honor how I like to write. And, you know, the way I, the way I kind of came to that is I, like you said, coaching, I had a coach mm. who said to me this little piece of wisdom that just set me free. Mm. Um, she had said, I think I was just whining about, uh, you know, music and singing or whatever. And she's like, you know, it's okay if you never sing again. And I just was it, in the way she said it was so sweet. Mm. Like, honey, it's okay. Mm-hmm. If you never want to sing again, it's okay. And I burst into tears with relief. Mm. Like she gave me permission. It was so profound. And then on top of that, she was like, we are not here to do
2: mm-hmm.
1: what, you know, it doesn't matter what you make, um, have. Mm-hmm. or really kind of even do your whole lifetime, you know, certain amount of things mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Like she just was like, this is, this is the truth. Yeah. And I am happy to have truth. I don't care what it is as long as it's truth. And I was like, is that the truth? And she was like, mm-hmm. yes. And it just set me free. I just was like, yeah. oh, cause I could let go of any futility
2: mm-hmm.
1: cause you'll stay in something shitty thinking you're supposed to, and like, there's going to be you know an end or a six you're gonna you're working up to something yes
2: yeah
1: (laughs) you're often not and that is hard and art does that to you over and over again you you think like well i'm gonna play in a band i'm gonna sell a lot of records and this is what i do and i'm like oh there's eight ways to sundays that's never gonna happen that are not in your control
2: yeah
1: and you're just left with you futilely like working hard towards an ideal that May never come. Yeah, yeah. It's that's really hard. So, long story short, I then asked myself, like, well, why? Why would you want to do music, or what is your why? What do you like about it? That's where it was. Mm-hmm. What do you? What do you like about it? Mm-hmm. Um, I also had an experience where, very recently in the last couple of years, because this adds to my knowledge, um, where you know at this point, like I'm 54, mm-hmm. like I am not 20 something. I still make records for me, Mm. but that doesn't mean even more as I get older, anyone gives a shit, you know, I mean, anyone in the quote unquote music scene, right. Because I'm moving on, there's new people and it, it feels like more and more, even though you're becoming even more experienced, it's like an ageist, I don't know if it's ageist or whatever, but I get it right? Like people are going to care less, maybe even as Um, as
0: you get better and better at what you do and more and more authentic and
1: Mm -hmm. just
0: making better things. Yeah. That craft is
1: just becoming more complex and amazing.
0: You're moving away from from anybody caring or paying attention.
1: Well, if you can look back and go, what, you know, music scenes and things like that are fueled by really fueled by this age and this energy and all of that, like mm-hmm. that you really have to, you come to understand like, Oh, hit, hit, you know, like hipster scenes yeah. are for the 20 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's actually about this. Yeah. I mean, they're being super creative and all of Hattie's that. Hat. <laughs> Unless you're Hattie's there's like salty dogs. <laughs> well, but I had this. Don't,
0: don't you think it's like linked to the, that idea? Like it was a huge, a huge epiphany for me, not about art, but it's linked is that, no one's really paying attention. Yeah.
1: You know, what my mom I, used, no one's
0: paying yeah. as much attention as I think they are.
1: Oh my God. I love that. You know what my mom? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My mom used to say to me, if I was, I don't know, wrestling with something, she's like, Carrie, nobody's thinking about you that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, ouch.
0: Yeah. And You're it right. is right. An ouch. And <laughs> oh. like that futility letting go, right? What happens yes. after you, you start creating with that knowledge?
1: Well, and it, hopefully this may sound terrible but it's hopefully it happens Mm. hopefully things get so bad that you are forced into figuring it out like that's Mm. actually a good thing Mm. so like i had this run-in with somebody who's well known in the music industry who just was so rude to me like so like i had thought we were foolishly thought we were friends or whatever Mm. and he said some terrible things to me Mm. um And I had had an experience where it was like, felt like a really old experience Mm. and I learned something out of it. It was great. Like old ways I was being Mm. of not taking control Mm -hmm. of not saying what I want. Like these Mm. are deep, subtle lessons that Mm. any person just takes a long time to learn that, learn how to to say your no, how to say, I don't want to, that's not what I want to do. Like in the music industry, I had gotten so used to just accommodating Mm -hmm. or being a trooper Mm -hmm. that I would just morph to whatever was happening. Mm -hmm. And I had never learned how or or never realized I could stop and say, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't learn that till I was like 53. Yeah. And out of this terrible experience, this person actually taught me this. And so I thank him for that. Yeah. Because, you know, his feedback was like, if you didn't want to do that, you should have said so. And Mm -hmm. he was right. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, He went on to say some other hard, terrible things. They weren't, they weren't right, but mm-hmm. it forced me into a situation where one, I was in that moment imploding with, um, sadness and insecurity. Like I just fell into a sieve of, it, it just triggered a lot of like, Oh my God, I'm nowhere. I'm, I'm nothing anymore. I'm just mm-hmm. now a fat mom who doesn't, mm-hmm. I'm irrelevant. Like just terrible things came up mm-hmm. instantly
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it, it does feel terrible, Mm. Um, but I appreciate it cause it's, it's got to come up. It triggered that stuff was there. It came yeah. up yeah. and instead of like pouring a bottle of wine on that, mm. you know, things mm. you do,
2: yeah.
1: um, or stuffing it down, I stopped and was like, okay, are we going to fall into a sieve of depression and whatever else you put on top of this? Or are we going to stop? What I did was I go, what? can you control mm-hmm. what if nobody gives a shit about you or your music and this or whatever, again, okay. If that's the truth, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's, that's not, you know, yeah. then what do you have? What can you control? And I realized in that moment, it really helped me a lot. I was like, I can write, mm. I can record, I can perform. I can hang out with the musicians. I love, I can make t-shirts, posters. These are all the things I like to do. Yeah. I can do all these things I love to do yeah. without anyone's permission or care for the rest of my life and i was like in that moment i was like i'm good to Mm. go Mm. and i felt resolved and better and it totally shifted me because i was like you can only you can only own the things you can control right like Mm -hmm. and the rest you have to let go yeah you just have to yeah
0: well sometimes we maybe surrender that autonomy in the hopes That somebody else Mm. has the control to to steer it somewhere. It's
1: dangerous, though. That is that is dangerous. That's why we do it, right? (laughs) Isn't that
0: why we do it, right? Well,
1: you might call it hope. You know, wishful thinking. All of that. You want to believe. You want to believe. But I am all about like believing is great, but it requires authentic. That there's a lot more behind believing. A good. Effort into believing than just like, oh God. I really hope this works out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you actually do need to know. You can't yeah. just go. I don't know. I'm like, oof. Yeah. That's a dangerous place to throw yourself.
0: Yeah. You know, I. It's. I get. It's not. You know, in the sake of speaking truth, right? Like, it's not like people don't always pay attention and don't care. Yeah, right? You can course. create something that people get really attached to. Mm-hmm. And care about, right? Mm-hmm. But, as as, but as soon as he stop doing that thing, mm-hmm. right, then they may stop caring.
1: Or they're just listening to something else on that day. Like yeah. nowadays with the internet, I'm like the volume of musicians out there is yeah nothing like when I was doing goodness or Hammerbox, right? Oh. Like, but that's okay. Yeah, y- you can really then lean back on like, look, there's room for everyone. Mm. And again, you are not in control. Get mm. used to it. Yeah. Love it. Lean into it. Mm. Love it. control what you can control. But you know, like I have things that I mean, I have fans who are like that. Your music did great things for me, and I'm like, well, that, mm. that winning. Then I mean, that's another part of the knowing that I had to work mm. out. I was like mm. an understanding of like, look, I came to realize. I'm like, I like to write personal thing. I use music to write personal things Mm -hmm. i'm going to solidify that knowledge within myself i'm going to stop and go okay what am i like okay i have chosen to write personal music even when we were getting signed i mean there was a moment where i was like i don't want to write generic music i mean that's a decision and that might taught you know and that Mm -hmm. cost us labels right Mm -hmm. like but i you know that's a very conscious decision which is good like you might you might not I mean, for reasons that industry is what it is, like. But if you say, "I just want to write this," and they go, "I don't want that," that there you go. Yeah. Um, you got to make peace with that. But I also was like, I, I do this art for myself because mm. it's a cool art form. It feels good. I like singing. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like oh, it's fun to play in a band. You know, yeah. like I choose it for those reasons. Mm. Um, if I make somebody else feel something or that song connects to them. It's been some, a song that they played. I mean, I have this, like people have played things at their weddings. People have met Mm. their partners. They, Mm. you know, like then I can't imagine a higher compliment. I'm good. You know, I just realized I'm like, I'm good.
2: Yeah. Mm. Mm.
0: So what are you working on now? Like as you're (laughs) <laughs> returning to yourself and and like what motivates you what what fuels you what are you thinking about and creating
1: well I, I write very cyclically right and I write emotionally right yeah. so there might be three years why I don't write at all I yeah. mean I think I had 10 years in between the last two records mm-hmm. but you gotta be okay with that like a lot of other things were happening in that 10 mm-hmm. years
2: mm-hmm.
1: so you can't you know I don't beat myself up about that. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in life. I'm not focused on my life has to just be about music. Yeah. So there'll be a natural intuitive moment where I'm like, Oh, I really miss music. I'm going to write some music. And so yeah. I'm currently working on a single and what I find interesting about it. One is the people I get to work with. So this is mm. what motivates me, um, getting missing. Like a lot of people are in at this point in the pandemic, like being with people like the being in a room with a band working on something is an ex certain experience. And I miss mm-hmm.
2: that. Oh yeah,
1: I love that. I want, I want to dip my toe in that. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to make a single and part of the, really the motivation behind it is getting to work with new people. Just, I'm going to go make music with this person, you know, like yeah. that, that's just what it is. Like, you know, we'll just throw it up digitally. That the beyond that, that area of it. I'm like, pfft, mm. I don't know. Well, if there's something that actually seems interesting then I will go do that. But what happens with it? You know, I've let go of that as you yes, know, yes. I've said a million times, but yeah. um, I also stumbled on, I work with um, my friend Pete Greenberg who owns latent print records. He okay. put out um, goodness, his first record on vinyl Hammerbox recently a single, he's just, his whole label is vinyl. So but him and I are also really close, too. So he's had a bunch of my stuff. I'm working on a lyric book. So, mm. like, all the lyrics I've written from Hammerbox to Present. Cool. Um, And that's interesting to me. Like, I've never done that. And so I'm going to attach the single to that book. Mm. And one of the songs is, like, something I wrote, one of the first songs I ever wrote mm. to the last song I've written. Mm. And so... Um, so I'm working with my band on recording that and we'll attach it to the, the book. So like that kind of thing, you know, like yeah. when you're a kid, you're like, Ooh, it'd be fun. I want to make a fanzine. It's kind of like that. Like, Ooh, I'd love yeah. to do a single in a book. That sounds fun. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm doing right now. It's taking, you know, we're taking our sweet time doing it. Um, <laughs> but it's been, you can't, it's other than sending lyrics and stuff like that, like I haven't been able to get with a band. Yeah. Um, but now we're starting to be able to do that. And so, um, and that music still is like, those songs are written off of how I was feeling at the time or something like the, the last song that I've written was because I had this moment, I think for the last like 10 years, I've been trying to, when I, when my mom passed, I started a meditation practice mm. because I I knew this is the biggest up until that time, the biggest thing that ever happened to me. And I was like, Mm. Oh, I'm going to need, you know, you don't know Mm. what grief like that is going to do. I didn't. And so I was like, I knew I was going to need something in place to go through it. Mm. And so meditation uh, or just holding silence is where things come up and, you know, God, for the rest of your life, luckily things can come up. And I had a really old body memory you know, like everything remains in the body, like your grief, you know, that's like yeah. your grief, your trauma, all of that. And it's really a magical moment when you, like, you just, you forget that it's there. Mm. And all of a sudden I was in this meditation and this whole sector of my life and the feelings around it, the pain around it came up. It really feels like that. Like, oh, sh- I forgot for-. and it's mm. like the body said like, okay, you just made room enough for us. We're going to throw this
2: up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
1: And luckily I'd been practiced well enough to, to understand what was happening. Like, Oh my God, something's coming up. And, um, it was good. It was, it's a good thing. Like, okay, I'm going to consciously take this time to feel it, take a look at it, mostly feel it. Right. Like
0: let it, let it happen. Yeah.
1: Mm. And then out of that, and this is what I've done the whole time with music. I'm going to open my mouth and see what comes out. Mm. Um, and it's not, I mean, I just think that's fun. I feel grateful. Yeah. If I was a painter I would do it through painting.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so I feel lucky.
0: Yeah. Mm. That's a good feeling.
1: Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it took us a while to get there but we we got the F word. Oh my
1: god, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so long. Life is long, people. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, fun, yeah. Oh my god, I have not just so I love that you said that. Yeah. And we got to like, we, it's like you circle back around to like having fun. Mm-hmm. You start doing it. Cause you don't even know any better. You're like, I just, this sounds fun. Yeah. And then yeah. you ride this long road, yeah. complicated road. And if yeah. you're smart, you'll work your way back to fun. Yes. When I met my husband and I noticed this, he plays bass Um, or I, I found out mm. when I met him, he played bass. And I, mm. at the time was like, Oh, you play bass. What do you do? Because, I've been doing it, it for yeah. a living, right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I just play bass with my brother. and We have fun in the basement. And I remember going, <laughs> I remember going fun. <laughs> like it was so telling that I had forgotten. <laughs> that was like a foreign concept to me. Yeah. I was like, fun, just yeah. for fun. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, why? And, I'll, and it dawned on me, I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to have fun anymore.
2: Yeah.
1: It's, a, it's been a business for so long.
2: Uh,
0: isn't that true? Like expectations and obligations and... <sighs>
1: work cycles
0: patterns we take on because Mm -hmm. product and yes
1: yes beware artists beware there's a product cycle and you need to know when it's coming when you're in it yeah it's arrived and you're in it and And you need to be
0: willing to get out of it though just
1: keep a foot on the ground just keep one foot on mother gaia yeah
0: yeah you know, it's funny because I I went through this whole cycle with music, and then I did it again with books, and like, uh-huh. I feel like it's like, oh, like I, I finally un- there's lessons in that whole world that are like, oh, I wish I knew that.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: When I was doing right this other thing, like that's part of why I was so mad at Pearl Jam, right? Like, <laughs> <they're> like what? <like, laughs> took me all these years to figure this out how dare yeah. you like I started you? with that knowledge how dare you
1: <laughs> that could be a really mad name
0: how dare you sir <laughs> God,
1: dang it, it just so starts I'm, a cycle
0: <laughs> i feel like i need i need to ask you know so mm-hmm. you know part of the thing with with hammerbox and the whole official grunge scene right mm-hmm. was that you know female fronted you're a woman in mm-hmm. the grunge scene right and mm-hmm. Like I feel like this ties into like creativity and shoulds and that whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like what what came up for you being a female front person in this scene? And like like are there are there lessons there,
1: right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um I think there's a lot of lessons about youth.
2: hmm Uh
1: because and definitely about being a female, although I wouldn't have thought that, I mean, you're hearing the articles about like, because female, because women get called female artists, right? Not just yeah, artists, yeah. right? So, exactly. those, <laughs> you know, so there's Riot Girl, you know, there's very formulated, like, you know, good yeah. Um things being talked about right girl all this kind of stuff um female-led bands girls and you know what about you know so the conversation's happening but it's very um it feels curated
2: yeah
1: right it's got yeah. names we've got you know, this, this is the box this is how we're writing about it but there's all this stuff that's just basically youth learnings
2: yeah
1: um that are also there as well like self-confidence um learning how to say your no have Mm. conflict communicate
2: Mm.
1: um be yourself like that's a whole nother like i always considered myself a pretty confident like i'm gonna dress how i want to dress but you go through different terrain and it will challenge you in a whole nother way right like Mm. i you know you're just trying stuff on in your 20s right that's Mm -hmm. what you do it's not like there's anything wrong with that but it is what you're doing but if i look back at my 20s i I didn't realize I was doing it, but like, um, I, uh, actually deeper psychological stuff. Like if I look back at pictures of myself, I look like a boy. Mm. Like, I don't remember. I, that's not what I was thinking,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but the grunge era had a look, right? Like mm-hmm. it wasn't feminine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't dresses and makeup and all. you know, there was, makeup might've been punk rock, you know, but yeah. it wasn't feminine or.
0: It wasn't hair metal
1: either. It wasn't hair metal either. It wasn't new wave. I mean, it had some punk rock. You could, you know, I knew people who had goth like makeup and things like that, but it wasn't, um, it it was very masculine. Um, and I don't, Mm -hmm. that's not a man's fault, but it was very like lumberjack boots, you know, flannel. It just was like a thing. And that's masculine wear. And I was in that scene and tried it on for size. And, chose to get really short haircuts or I had like a new wave cut to me, like I had pieces of myself in there, mm. but I'm not consciously thinking about it. I'm trying things on for size. Like mm-hmm. everyone's doing that in their twenties. Like, I don't know who I am. I'm going to try a bunch of hats. Um, so I recognize that, but deeper things, if I could go back would be, um, having much deeper confidence in myself or being able to say like, I do know why my opinion is this. Mm. Like that's Mm -hmm. set in stone. Like Mm -hmm. I know I write this way. I like this. Um, I don't prefer that. Um, I would have never articulated things like that. Then I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have been able to do that. I just Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. handling what was coming at me and trying things on. Yeah. Um, I don't remember, you know, I've always said about Hammerbox, and it was at James's Memorial, our bass players passed away. Um, it hadn't dawned on me. And I think it hadn't dawned on me for good reasons. Like the circle of people we knew that we hung out with, like Hammerbox was um, sort of in the circle of like seven year bitch, the gets um, coffin break, Sanford sense. You know, like we had our circle of friends and yeah. in Seattle, there were many factions of music.
2: Well,
0: yes. Yes.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, it was a small town. Like I also yeah. knew all the people, you know, at sub pop and um, it just was a small town. So you kind of, yeah. And there were a lot of bands. So, yeah. you know, interwoven, everybody knows everybody, but our, the band's core group of people would have been in this circle. Um, th- being a girl wasn't like, you were ostracized for that. I mean, these men yeah. weren't, were progressive in that way. Yeah. They were sort of like, no, we're in bands. I mean, yeah. if I go back and look, you know, it's, I don't know, I can't speak for other people, but I never felt Ostracized as a woman with any of the men I knew. Yeah. And if you think about it, Dave and James chose a woman.
2: Mm-hmm. That's yeah. huge. Yeah.
1: I never with them did I ever feel lesser. Yeah. Never. I give them huge kudos. Yeah. So therefore, I never thought about it. Yeah. And I'm good at what I do. Like I'm a good yeah. singer, right? Like it, yeah. what I love about music is that. For the most part. I mean, it depends, I guess, on where you travel. Mm-hmm. Good music will win over just about anybody. And singing is so personal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I met so many men, burly men, who were like, I don't usually like lady singers, but you're great. Like, I I don't know. like, And I, I would take that as a compliment. I wouldn't yeah. get pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be yeah. like, well, great. Good for you for, I'm glad I do something that resonates with you. And yeah. good for you for opening up a little bit. Yeah. So I don't, I don't remember ever um, a lot feeling mm-hmm. my gender. I felt more of my gender in the industry. Yeah. I mean, I had, we had radio interviews that were like the first interview we ever did with Hammerbox. The guy asked me, would you like to have your period in a van with guys? And I was like, what? oh, they're, yeah. Oh yeah. I was just like, and I'm friends with that guy actually. No, yeah. it just was. Shock jock stuff, right? Yeah, like that's yeah. what they did. Yeah. And I just remember, I'm a super pragmatic person, always have yeah. been. So I just remember thinking, like, oh, there it is. Like we weren't, uh-huh. d- we knew everybody was out loud about like just stupid things happen to women. And so when he said it, I was like, oh, it's one of those things. Oh, yeah. and then I was, then second, I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like,
2: really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah. it didn't, it didn't happen so much to me that I, I mean, in terms of volume, obvious volume that hurt me and broke me down, Mm. you know, or literally physically hurt. I'm never, I was very lucky that I was never assaulted or, um, truly harmed, um, or verbally treated poorly. Right. I mean, I, I've been on tours where we're in a sector of men who with a lot of alcohol in them Mm. in large groups Mm -hmm. are going to do that thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what they don't get about women, but it's pretty angry and violent. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not unaware of that or surprised. I don't like it. I don't prefer it. I didn't prefer it at the time.
0: (laughs) I suppose angry and violent are like just these common running threads.
1: I was very, yeah. Yeah. I was very fascinated by what is this like? But there were places like you know Virginia where it's the army base, and Mm. we're opening for Candlebox, and you know it's that that crowd where that crowd's made up of drunk army people, Mm. their girlfriends, and I don't know these people, so I shouldn't say like you know we've got some like you know in that arena, the girls want. Follow the guys, and the guys—I don't know. I mean, it just that—that's the—that's the the tribe I'm hanging. I'm performing for. Yeah. And so it wasn't surprising that they were calling me names, or flipping me off, or you know, saying awful things. Because I—I can only guess. Mm -hmm. But in groups like that, Mm -hmm. there's—I don't think there's anywhere in that culture that has women in a position of power.
2: Yeah.
1: And so, of course, they don't look to me as a woman fronting a band and go, Oh, all right. You know, that's not what happens in their world. And so they look at me and go, what the F is this F you like women. I don't look at women that way. I don't know. I can only suppose, this is some things that have gone through my mind where I was like, yeah, I'm sure you don't know what to do with me. This is not how you look at women. I
2: I,
0: I was too young at the time to be conscious of it, but I wonder, you know, uh, Mm -hmm being identified with the grunge scene which is very much a as you named a masculine space that you know right like as a market as as an as a product it was very you know i wonder
1: well the grunge scene is also a heavy nerd scene right yeah, so yeah. grunge has made up a lot of nerdy men who never got their due who yeah. now play music and popular i can't yeah. i mean it's a well, lot I'm
0: not, of- I'm not really thinking about the musicians because i i <laughs> yeah. intuitively get that like musicians are you know, cool and very accepting and open i get that i think more about the listenership and, oh, and oh, the industry
1: oh. i see what of, you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of those guys were bummed by, oh, God, this was, you know, made yeah. by us. And now a guy that probably beat me up in high school loves my music. Oh, I'm sure Pearl Jam, you know, and Nirvana, mm-hmm. any of those guys ha- have gone through that where they're like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm yeah. the guy you used to beat up on. Mm-hmm. And now you love me? Mm-hmm. What the hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Well, the world yeah. is weird. Humans are weird.
2: We <laughs> yeah, We are.
0: We are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I swear well, to God, I remember my grandma saying one time, like, oh, h- humans are so weird. Thank God we're not one of them. <laughs> yeah. Did she just say, what, "What? what are we? Alien? Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, so clearly you still enjoy humans because you've decided yeah. that that you have a podcast and you're a, a life coach. Mm-hmm. And So how does all this tie together into the story of karaoke and like who who you're ideal clients are like who are you who are you trying to reach or support
1: well i do love people i i mean no matter what there's mm. a human in there
2: mm. and
1: privately like for anyone you talk about you do not know what has happened to them in their lifetime you mm. do not know what happens to them on a daily basis and that's the difference yeah so you know anytime even myself and i'm flub on that you know where it's mm. like oh, i got an opinion about whatever i'm like yeah, i don't know that yeah. I don't even know that person. Yeah. So I I have felt probably my whole life, I'm, I've always been someone who sticks up for the underdog by nature, mm. um, who wants to, like, who wants to commune. That's my, part of my big reason I do music, yeah. is I want to commune. I feel like it's important. It's an exchange that I desire mm. um, on a molecular level in myself. Mm. Like, this is born purpose, right? Yeah. Um, And now, having lived the life I have, I want and feel compelled to take anything that I have experienced, any strengths I have, and Mm. give that to somebody else if they need it, should Mm. they choose. Mm. And my ideal client is someone who is ready, who's really ready. Mm. Like, they know they need something. They're really ready. They're ready to have those conversations, to answer those questions, because I like to answer the intuitive, deep question, the, mm. not the challenging, like I I never, I don't ask questions to make someone uncomfortable. I, I very purposely say this is a safe, yeah. private space and yeah. I, I don't matter here. I don't. Yeah. You matter. You're the only thing that matters. And I think that about humans, individuals, I'm like, you are the only thing that matters. Yeah. And you are, <laughs> I always say, I give a hug and a smack. Mm. You are the only thing that matters and you're responsible for you
2: Mm,
0: yes that is the smack
1: (laughs) like yeah you can cry about that all day but you have to figure it out like you Uh, know that's why you
0: have to be ready I guess
1: that's why you have to be ready yeah you really have to be ready you really have to be open Mm -hmm. and then willing to trust right I would never harm anyone I mean if I make a mistake and I have made mistakes in my life I've hurt people yeah um that I I would apologize but but in terms of like getting into a session with me, like, it is not about me. I will get out of the way. And I want people to say, you don't want to, you say so. Mm -hmm. You don't like this, you say so. And I will Mm -hmm. honor that. So I want people who are really, really ready, who know they need to, but just maybe don't know how, Mm -hmm. to go deep, unravel, seek their answers. That uh, another part of my thing is that I believe are all the answers are on the inside. Mm -hmm. so that they're ready to hear their answers Mm -hmm. and those answers are there if you're willing so it's Mm -hmm. ready willing and able Mm -hmm. that's my people is like you know you're really ready and you're willing to open up and hear yourself not me Yeah. yeah to hear yourself you know everything you need to know you just might not know how to access it
0: yeah and do you think people come to you because they're like oh Carrie's done all these awesome things. I could never do that. But you know, I, I sure wish I could start doing some awesome things or like how
1: You know, how funny I, enough. Funny enough, it's not I would say anybody who knows me from music is probably a little more afraid to talk to me. Cause you because mm-hmm. when you're in music, you're someone you love in music. People often put you in a unreal yeah. space. Yeah. And so they're like, I wouldn't even know how to talk to you. And I'm like, well, that's yeah. a that's a thing. Yeah. That's not who I am. Yeah. But people do that I'd say the people who come to me have experienced me have seen me be very vulnerable and authentic and conversate they've watched me do that and they're like oh she seems able or knows things that I can relate to or that are that are um that she's saying things that I need like I recognize it like you said something that really resonated with me and I like how you talk, like, you know, you, yeah. I like you, I like who you are. And I, yes, I want, I would love to have you, someone like yeah. you help me Yeah. and I'm can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got yeah. energy for days for that yeah. because, you know, you know, when you do something where you're like, this isn't hard for me, this isn't work for me. Yeah. This is what purpose feels like.
2: Yeah.
1: Like it will come out of me with no effort. Yeah. And effortless, purposeful work, oh, my yeah. God, what a dream.
0: Yeah. No, I hear you. I love that. Yeah.
1: And uh, it, don't it, you feel like you're contributing?
0: Absolutely. It, you know, it's one of my core intentions, you know, yeah. consciously is if I'm going to work, if I'm going, when I make money, that mm-hmm. I'm having a positive impact, that I'm doing something yeah. meaningful. For with a my, person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, when my mom died, so many lessons came out of that really good, hardcore life changing lessons, yeah. Um, because it breaks you. D- I mean, if you have a good relationship with a parent, you know, like my mom was my person. Mm-hmm. She's the only person who knew me from the beginning to her end, at least, you know,
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and a certain lesson out of there changed the way I function. And so it made me, you know, I, there was a long while where I, I did have the question of like, what's the point of the rest of this now for me?
2: Yeah.
1: Why am I on earth? What, what the hell does it even matter? Even with my son who I love and my husband, right? Like, mm. or family or friends, like I love them, but there's a deep, deep, there's still that deep question of like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we here? What's the yeah. F point? Like, yeah. really? Yeah. Who cares? Like, what, what does it matter? And that's, that's even scarier to say, like mm. you could have all the great things and go, well, what does this even matter? Like usually you're doing that in pain when you're in yeah. pain, you just yeah. can't
2: yeah.
1: muster. But having gone through that also gives me a very deep, clear re that deep, clear reason is
2: yeah.
1: behind for me. When yeah. someone's working with me, they should know I have that in me.
0: Yeah. They can so. feel you, that you relate or you,
1: Mm -hmm. that's who they're talking to somebody who has that chunk of has sussed that chunk of knowledge out for themselves so that's why in in the end working with anyone the point is to surface their things Mm -hmm. be that their trauma or their um oh not so i'm not certified to treat trauma but um I'm there to be like I always say I'm your killer journey buddy. Mm. Like we if we're walking this road on earth mm. one time or I would say this time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> let's do that. Yeah. Okay, that could be anything. Yeah. That could be anything, but let's do it your way. Yeah. Let's help you figure out what it is for you and then go do that thing or do that nothing. Mm if that's right for you, but let's do it this way. Let's, and and maybe you just need help figuring out what the hell that is.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: right.
0: There's, there's such a gift. I think like probably like the eight, you know, like 80, 20 rule, like Mm -hmm. probably like 80% of the value of the gift is, is that gift, which is so rare, like of having somebody listen to you. Like, actually, yeah, make you feel heard from witness you, witness to be witnessed Mm -hmm. for like an uninterrupted period of time. Yeah. Like, that's what we're all seeking, right? Like, when we Mm -hmm. see partners and friends, but you know, life happens and and things get busy and and enmeshed. And yeah, and and, And to have somebody just be able to show up and like, hey, yeah.
2: Messier, like
1: and to have that exchange like to have that moment like to live mm. that's a life moment that's a living con. that's a moment right life should be mm. made up of that way yeah like just learning a way of existing is really the overarching it's lesson addictive. yeah well and yeah. when you i mean that's the way to have your life like yeah. to be present as best you can right mm. and Notice and see, choose, exchange. I mean yeah. that—that's it.
0: Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, I've I've had like people from afar would be like, oh, you know, you make all these hard decisions so quickly, like big, hmm. big hard decisions so quickly. Well, like,
1: Are they hard for you though?
0: They're not hard though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's, I'm, yeah, I'm clear. You know, if yeah. you're clear. Then they're not. I mean, they're well. Still, there's still, and, <laughs> it's still
1: and you know, like when people, when someone says, oh, you're making a hard decision. I'm like, well, that's your story yes. that, this, that a decision like this is hard. Like there's that's, a, that's a story,
0: something, something there to examine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is
1: it hard? But, yeah. Like, yeah. it's not hard for me. That's my story.
0: Yeah. What are you holding on to? What? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. So many ways people live are just the story they're telling themselves. Yeah. Not to negate things that happen, you know, or disrespect like something that happens to someone, but how you spin it, yeah. especially over a long period of time,
2: yeah.
1: is the story you you're telling. Yeah.
0: And you know, it's so much what you talked about was your band experience and and you know, that that spinning and that futility of the things that are outside your control, but you work harder so you're yeah. not focused on the things you know, you're distracted from oh, yeah. the things outside yeah. of your control. Like that's kind of the metaphor for what's going on all yeah. around us a lot of the time. Right. And,
1: well, we've but, all got our ways of numbing too, right. Yeah. There's plenty of, there's a huge menu of ways to so, not feel.
0: So it's kind yeah. of like, you know, talk to Carrie, talk to Ethan like when you're, when you're ready <laughs> to get off the hamster. Mm-hmm. Bill, you
2: know?
1: Yeah. And I think the person who has an inkling at all, Or a sense—I want to say—sense like a feeling, right? Intuitive feeling that that they want their life, their every day of their life, to be and feel more like be. And I think those things end up really being like about feeling grounded and present in mm-hmm. order to have that feeling of enjoying yeah like they just everybody just wants that really yeah. because if you ever talk to people who work in law of attraction and all of that the ones who are really teaching those lessons they'll say like the person who wants money my question to them is what do you want it for
2: mm-hmm.
1: and usually it's to feel to feel to yeah. feel safe, to like, I want to be able to go do these things, you know, whatever. They're like, well, then focus on that. Not, yeah. I want money. It's like, no, I want I want freedom. Focus yeah. on that. So yeah. There's the reasons underneath, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've, I've had some of the most amazing moments in my life after getting laid off.
2: Right, <laughs> yes. Well, I'm I always the, like, thank when you. I the, <laughs>
0: when I have the least money and safety, we're like, yeah cuz so present it's like you bring all your creative energy to existing. Yeah.
1: And separating like money's not bad. There's nothing wrong with yeah. money, but people you can make attach albums. yeah, I could do a lot of things with money. Yeah. And that's great. That's yeah. really fun. But if you hang your hat on like money will be the only thing that yeah. then leads me to happiness, it's like no. No. Yeah. Like you cuz you will then go get all those things or do all those things and still feel unhappy and then the yeah. joke's on you.
0: Yeah, but you could make money and be happy that'd, sure that'd be cool I am not against to. money yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> no I am not my mantra is I love money and money loves me
0: yeah there you go
1: no, I mean not that I have a lot but I'm like that is my belief yeah
0: it works it's great yeah yeah I like my health too I like exactly my, I like my yep. relationships I like totally I like being present for my child and you know, mm-hmm. children you know like yeah those are, those, feels good. Those should be on the scorecard too. I think so too. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I see that with, you know, part of why I talk to storytellers is you can still recreate that treadmill experience in a Mm -hmm. band. You can create that treadmill experience writing books, you know, doing whatever you do. Like you can do that thing. Like I just have to be creating all the time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or I'd else. have questions around that. Or like just else. that statement. Yeah. Or else. Yeah. yeah. Or else what? Yeah. That would be my question. Or else, or else, I'm, else I'm not what successful. It. What a success.
0: Yeah. Well, it's making a full-time living, doing what I love, except I don't love it anymore because I'm always busy and grinding. Blah, 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 blah,
1: blah. Well, there we are. <laughs> How do you feel about <laughs> that? Yeah, that's that's what I enjoy about it. It's sort of like because yeah. people people often say their truth and don't even realize they've said it.
0: Oh yeah. That's the, that's the true power right there. You can reflect it back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And one of my big things, like, so I, in the near future, I'm going to um, start writing. I started this program called decide, believe, go. Mm. And I want to write like a little book, you know, like a little workbook yeah. and just around these philosophies that a lot of people have these philosophies, but I feel mm. compelled. Um, A lot of what's in even one of these kind of pillars is about slowing down, like stopping, like stop, Mm. like uh, stop. I'm very so deciding to me is like how to stop, Mm. be quiet, listen and notice Mm. and just do that over and over again. And your life will change. It's a complete game changer. And people don't realize they're not doing that. Yeah. And our culture certainly well, doesn't necessarily support that.
0: Well, I we'll say, you know what? I, I'd like to, I recognize value of it, but I don't mm-hmm. have time to, right? And we have right now. Yeah. I, I challenge full-time creatives that, right? to be like, you know what? Actually, just make it part of your business plan. You know, you're going to create better things yeah. and have more longevity and sustainability if you are taking care of yourself. Yeah. In every way. And like, why isn't that just part of your business plan?
1: And do you ever say to them too, like, people have a concept of how much time? Mm -hmm. Like, they already have a concept of like, I can only do this if I have five hours a day, every day. And I'm like, does it have to be like that?
0: Maybe if you're not spending five hours a day doing all the things you're supposed to be doing and should Mm -hmm. doing that have no link to your results because it's outside of your control, then you have a lot of time. Totally. Yeah.
1: We'll write for five minutes yeah. every day.
0: Yeah.
1: You'll get something eventually. <laughs> you know I mean? no, but like, yeah,
0: you can totally be a full-time author 90 minutes a day for sure.
1: Right. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. 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 Oh, I can imagine like what your work's like too with creatives.
0: Yeah. <sighs> well, everything comes up,
1: you know, everything. <laughs> it depends on who
0: shows up. Everything comes up. It's never, But don't you love it? It's almost never about the, the act of creation.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I bet. I yeah. believe you. 100%. But do you love it? Like yeah. getting to commute? Yeah.
0: I love, I love it. it. I love the moments of just the aha. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, um, you know, and people dropping down like that moment, like 40, 45 yes. minutes in when somebody just drops down.
2: Yes.
0: In, and like all the truth and stuff, like you've slowed down. It's like forced meditation been yes. listened to for 45 minutes suddenly you're like oh yeah well, it, you know here's my yeah. truth actually oh yeah here's my truth I, it's just like all of a sudden it's like yeah. Oh, yeah
1: and isn't it kudos to them for actually yeah getting there because they're doing that I'm like, oh, it's a choice like bravo for yeah. you you did it you noticed and you stopped and you i can see you're doing yeah. it you're doing it
0: and you but paid for you you paid to create that space to slow yeah. down and stop and worth
1: it i'm also one of those people too like you know people can look at coaching and go wow it's too expensive and things like that i mean and i've had several coaches and i'm like worth it it's just it's not the thing that like it's not the thing i mean i say our culture i guess i'm saying that really broadly but
2: yeah Yeah.
1: people people can't be like "Well, what do i get from that what is this what is it what do i get from that what happens what do you do for me and i'm like that that's a that's that's work to learn yeah. how to express that as well. But, man, yeah. worth it. Game-changing.
0: Like, whether I have a $20,000 car or a $50,000 car, chances are, you know, beyond that I like being able to use it and get in it and mm-hmm. how it looks. Like, it's taking me to the same places.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And,
0: and and maybe if I'm not wanting to keep going to the same places, then why do I value this is $50,000, but I don't right. value my own transformation <gasps> at $500, $1,000. Why is my transformation yes. so much cheaper that time?
1: Love that. That should be a t-shirt. Yeah. Why is my transformation not worth? Yeah. yeah, that need you need to make a T shirt. Come on, Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> I love T shirts. It's from the swag world. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs>
0: I'm happy to make a T shirt uh, with you, Carrie.
1: I love that. <laughs> yeah,
2: like
1: we should write like ten, like just a whole shirt with questions and words all over it, like between you and like like some sort of brainstorm yeah. download T shirt. Yeah. 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 You could contemplate that shirt every day. there's so like And then, like just, 18, and then yeah. just
0: turn it into a Talking Head style lyric of a song. Yes. Right? Like Dude, I hear, there's a lot I hear of like, ideas. I hear some of his songs. It was like he just took random sentences he had written and non them together. No, in the Talking Heads, David oh. Byrne.
1: Um, yeah. I heard David Bowie did that too. He would yeah. write out phrases and then jumble them up and pick them out. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, that's, fun. that's awesome. Well, this has been really fun, Ethan. Yeah, I, funny enough, great. have to skedaddle off to work.
0: <laughs> yes, I hear you. Enjoy, enjoy remembering who you are. And yes, thanks thank for your you. Time for people who want to know more about you is mm-hmm. is it uh, carryocrecreative.com Is that a good place to find yep, you? Yep,
1: that's one place. And then I also have like a private Facebook group that's Creative. Great.
2: Um,
1: they can find me there, and I do Instagram, which is ocrecary.
2: Okay, and
0: that's A K R E. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: A K R E C A R R I E.
0: Great. I would love that. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much. This has really been wonderful, Ethan. I just want to make sure I tell you that.
0: Well, thank you. I I appreciate your time and energy and presence. We'll
1: have to stay Um, in touch.
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay. Be well. All right.
1: right, See you. Bye.
0: I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Fearless Storyteller. As a reminder, any and all links can be found in the show notes. And if you're enjoying this podcast, will you please consider leaving a review? By doing so, you'll be helping new listeners discover the Fearless Storyteller podcast.